0: You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time for a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Amazingly, go to BiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order Today, Tim Leonard and Tyler Rocky, we're here with you every single weekday. You can follow everyone the show. got their
1: brain cells still. Everyone, oh, can yeah. we? Everyone do we get have a little nice reset that?
0: overnight, do we? Anyway, I hope you uh, are ready to hear us talk about Syracuse sports today after whatever that was last night. And we get, get your nice talk- little reset. Yeah, right. We get to talk basketball today too, which it feels like it's our long lost friend. I'm happy to be back talking basketball, and I know a lot of people have listened to us talk basketball in the past on this but it's been a lot of football lately with the season now we can catch you guys up on some big recruiting news that has been going on i think we can start with recruiting and then i do want to get into a couple takeaways that matthew gutierrez our friend at the athletic wrote about on what's going on in camp and some interesting competitions there and some guys that have stepped up after he talked to some of the assistant coaches because you know goody's always in the scoops game giving us that that good content over at the Athletic, but. On the recruiting side of things, I guess we can start with Dior Johnson, who is usually the headliner yeah. in most of these combos. and he was chatting with Syracuse.com. Maybe it was Mike Waters. I Forgive me, I didn't, don't remember exactly who it was, but it was Q&A type format, and basically the reporter, let me, let me pull it up just so that everyone is on the same page here. The question, I'll read it off. The guy who is interviewing him over at Syracuse.com says, You get excited when you talk about Syracuse and GMAC, and I've seen you try to recruit other players on Syracuse's behalf. Some Syracuse fans are worried you might not ever come to SU. And then it's the little ellipses, dot, dot, dot. And the response is just simply, Johnson, I'm coming, period. So, good news, right? It's another sort of... It's not bad news. Yeah, I mean...
1: Here's here's my takeaway with everything that's happening with Dior Johnson, okay? If he doesn't end up coming, there's going to be a lot of receipts out there, okay? <laughs> yeah. Th- there's going to be a lot of receipts out there that are not going to be a good look for this kid. It feels like he's diving too far headfirst into this, maybe flying a little close to the sun, because guess what? I mean... I would just kind of let things kind of sit there and let skeptics and idiots be idiots. And I guess we are a part of that equation as well in the skeptics and idiots. But the way that I see it is I don't think that you should make promises that you can't keep. And yeah, okay, maybe if you're Dior Johnson, maybe you are dead set on you are coming to Syracuse. But so much can change between now and when you step foot on campus. Now, whether it's a reclassification or he's going to come 2022 and what's looking like it could be some mega class coming to SU, again, I'm still very, very skeptical on whether or not he's actually going to come to Syracuse. And really, it's not a testament of who he is. It's a testament of how good he is. Like... He is just a really, really good player. And this isn't anything that has to do with the way that Syracuse recruits and, and how people have said it's it's been down these past couple of years. This has nothing to do with that. It just has it's the nature of how college basketball is changing, okay? Now, I'm not in the camp that says college basketball is dead. It ain't dead, okay? It's far from dead, in fact. But we are seeing a trend now where these top five, top ten guys. You're getting a sprinkling of two, three, sometimes and I'm sure we'll see the number change year to year, but you're seeing a handful of guys go to these G League camps, go overseas, all that stuff, instead of going to college. You're naive if you're ignoring the trend.
0: Yeah. And that's And he's why... mentioned that in the past. Actually, right. when he, he committed, he basically said if it's not the if it's college then it is Syracuse for sure and he did leave right, that I'm... door cracked a little bit but now it seems like he's coming out a little bit more firm like i'm coming period says to me it's not mba i'm coming the reclassification thing that you brought up though he's kind of wavered on that and i think that just goes to show you that He is, what is he now, 17 maybe, if that. I mean, he was 16, Yeah, can he drive? Are we
1: sure he can drive?
0: Who knows? Like, that's the whole thing. This is a very, very young teenage kid, and we all remember how we thought back then. It's not like, like, I think he's a smart kid. I don't think it's anything against him or a knock on him personally. It's not at all. It's just, that's where he's at right now, and I wouldn't, like any of these recruiting decisions, I wouldn't get overly sort of reliant on whatever any of these teenagers are saying. And that's just an example of Dior here. I still like to see that he says I'm coming. That makes me feel a little bit better, but I'm with you. It's not like, okay, I'm going to go and just assume that Dior Johnson is there in 2022 at Syracuse.
1: And guess what? You can be a smart kid. I think you bring up a good point here. You can be a smart kid and also see a giant bag of money and pounce on it, okay? Yeah. Like that Venn diagram meets <laughs> in the middle, okay? Some could argue because... the smart kid would pounce on that more. Exactly. Than... <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. So, again, if he doesn't end up coming to Syracuse for whatever reason, relax, Orange fans. All right, like if he doesn't, it, it's he's doing something that's best for his future. He he wants to have the the quote unquote recruitment experience as every kid even the ones that do end up going to the g league i mean you look at some of these people these last couple of years they've still had all the hats out on the table to some degree and then just said okay i'm gonna go play in the g league and and they don't i don't think they picked the g league hat but maybe that should be a new trend maybe we should see that where they're picking the g league that'd be funny that would be that'd be funny but yeah or did they just pick up like a, a bottle of Gatorade? Or maybe they just get like a Gatorade shower or something like that. I don't know. Gatorade, it's your league. You do something with it. Um, but I, I think that there is something to be said about this. Like if he does not come, it's not the end of the world. Because even though he has not come, he's still done a lot of good for this university. I mean, it seems like he's been a, a big force with Benny Williams and with a number of these 2022 guys as... Much as Syracuse would like to turn their back on him if he does not come in. And by Syracuse, I don't mean like Jim Beheim and all them. I mean the fans. I mean, he has been an absolute asset for this team. He has been an ally to this university the entire time, regardless of whether or not he actually bounces the ball once on that Carrier Dome floor. So overall, this entire experience of the Dior Johnson project has been a success for Syracuse so far, reg- regardless of whether or not he actually plays.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. I will say though, like the more we get into this, I really hope he comes. <laughs> like it's just, oh yeah, I mean, so do it, I, and that, I. That'll think, never you, change. You're obviously, su- you're stupid if you you don't hope he comes. Just, yeah. I would say
1: always with these top ten guys. Again, this is not me denouncing who he is as a person this is actually me crediting his talent and how good he is there's a trend you have to at least acknowledge said trend
0: yeah and i said that from the perspective of it would just be such a bummer because of the nature of when he committed the timetable of it there we've talked about him for a long time now i mean he committed like right before we started this podcast the first day we he was did it, it episode was, one you can yeah. go check that one out episode it, one that right. is Dior Johnson. You don't have to check that out if you don't want to. I think I think we've sure, got a little bit. Sure, go check it out. Give us the download. But, <laughs> sure, if you want to go back and check out our initial reactions to it, it was sometime in early February, I think, and it was right after that Wake Forest buzzer beater. I remember because it was a good day and a good weekend for Syracuse. The title of the league. show is Dramatics and Dior. That's yeah. the title right there. Right. That's all
1: you need to know from that first episode.
0: Right. We started the podcast and we were like, good luck, because then some good string of events happened. I remember the women's team had a big win and everything. But anyway, we don't have to go down the February rabbit hole, which feels like three years ago. And maybe it is 2020 a little bit in our brains operating and thinking about 2020. But to me, Dior has been attached to Syracuse for a while already. And as we always say, We've got a while to go before he would ever even get to the point of maybe stepping on that Carrier Dome court or the Jim Beheim court, as they call it. So I guess what I'm saying is I just don't want him to be a what if in 10 years. I don't want him to fall into the category of Kevin Durant the way we talked about him, because obviously he's a big time player. This is a little different than Kevin
1: Durant. obviously. Oh, yeah. This is more on the side of Darius Baisley. If sure. If things were or to go match, maybe. wrong yeah. for the
0: orange, yeah, it, it's like I guess what I'm saying is, after all the time that Syracuse fans have sort of committed to him, and it's not like if he if he decides the G League, albeit like all power to him, I, I'm not going to be one of those fans that's against him. Yeah, like, I, I feel, mean, I still
1: root for Darius Baisley. I, I hold no ill will towards Darius Basley. The dude got a million dollars. Like, yeah, you you're gonna tell me you're gonna turn down if. Tim, if if someone from a rival podcasting network said, "Here's a million dollars. You work for us now."
0: Are you saying no to that? Cuz no, if you said no not. to that, I'm hitting you upside the head. Right, but the way that he went to New Balance was kind of awkward. I guess it's worked out for him, so you can't really knock it too much. I I would feel better if Dior was like, "I'm just going to the G-League" and then uh, it was it was just weird how Baisley was like I just don't really like school and I mean I guess I get that perspective. We don't have to talk about basically. Yeah, I, point, I hated school when I was in college. Everyone yeah, hates who doesn't? School. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's I've never met anyone that that is like, oh, I can't wait to get up and go to. What class are we now. nerds? right <laughs> yeah i have some more dior thoughts to get to but before we do that i gonna remind you guys about the best tasting protein bar on the market that's built bar of course they've got 18 flavors now keep adding to it they've got nut and non-nut flavors this is the delicious protein bar literally tastes like a candy bar but it is good for you the bars are covered in 100 percent chocolate very soft very easy to chew and just a better tasting protein bar than anything else out there right now actually the last order I got from Built Bar, I got the Built Goes as well, which is kind of their energy slash protein little gel drink, and it's good. They've got great flavors on that, too. Chocolate mint was really good, peanut butter honey. So that's a little bit different style. They've got all these new products at BuiltBar.com. I would recommend going today. You can use our promo code LOCKEDON. That'll get you $10 off your next order and your next box from BuiltBar.com. where I'm at with Dior a lot everyone asks me like the number one question I get from any Syracuse fan anyone who listens to this podcast is straight up is Dior coming what do you think what have you heard I don't know but I think he that's the short answer my gut tells me he's coming though and I don't know how you feel on that I mean it's early obviously and like I said I don't put a ton of stock into him saying this stuff but at the same time He's been so proud about Syracuse from the beginning of this. I'm gonna get my hopes up a little bit naturally, and I hope it doesn't come to to burn us. But I guess my question is, like right now, if you had to pick a side, do you think he's coming? Well, okay, has your gut reaction changed too,
1: or your gut feeling changed a little bit? Is what I'm saying since because I feel like you used to be in the camp where your gut reaction or your gut feeling rather was that. He's not coming. And cool. I I still sit in that same category of I still gun to my head right now. I've got to make a prediction. I'm probably saying no. Really? But okay. yeah, I, I'm still in the no camp. And <sighs> I don't know. I think Matthew Gutierrez would be a good person to, to pick their brain about this. But I still lean no. Now, has he closed the gap? Yeah, he has closed the gap. Yeah, The yes part of me is closing the gap. The... The angel on my shoulder saying he's coming is barking a little bit louder right now, but I'm still in the camp that I think that he's too good. I think he's too good. And the money and the endorsement deals and the agents that run this slimy game that we know as college basketball have become much, much bigger and are really going to try to change every single thing that's going on in the sport. So, No, I I still err on the side. I'm probably, I used to be like 80-20. He's not coming. Right now, I'm probably 65-35, maybe a generous 60-40. So I still am not fully bought in that he's coming. Listen, I'd love for him to come play for the Orange. Trust me, I would. But I'm not going to make any promises that I can't keep. And again, I think more can go wrong than can go right over the next two years for the Syracuse.
0: Yeah, I mean... I would say all these little comments just have leaned me a little bit over the edge to the point where, like you said, you've increased. I've increased from maybe being 50 50 to being like 65 35 or whatever now. I, I just, he's talked about Syracuse a lot in a positive light. And even the reclassifying, when he brought that up, I consider that a positive. I don't really know if it's better Yeah, the,
1: no, the, I'm with you. The reclassification is a total positive. Right.
0: Cause totally then it's, a positive. It's showing that he is like thinking about ways to get to the NBA earlier, but also like get the best of both worlds and still get into college, which I think could be a good scenario for him. It doesn't seem like he's super in on reclassifying anymore. I can't remember the exact language he used in the Syracuse.com article, but he definitely wasn't like, yeah, I'm really thinking about that hard. It was more like, yeah, I don't know right now. I, I still have to think about that. But there's plenty of time in the D.R. front. All right, let's move on to some other recruiting news that came out. There's a lot of different stuff. These virtual Zoom calls are going around. A couple to get you guys updated on. Ty Rogers, big top 60, top 70 target in 2022, did a virtual Zoom with Jimmy B and Syracuse, which is good news. Seems like Rogers and Syracuse have been talking a lot. And a guy that maybe isn't at the tippy-tippy top of the 2022 wish list, but shouldn't be considered anything but a really good get because of that. I mean, the only reason he's not the tippy-tippy top is because this wish list is very, very enticing and very nice for Syracuse. And then the other Zoom update, Zoom call update, Roddy Gale, who is at the top of the wish list and a lot of good vibes that he's you know, thinks highly of Syracuse and obviously an NY kid that a lot of people really, really want to see commit to Syracuse. He did take a Zoom call, according to Jake Weingarten with Wake Forest's head coach, Steve Forbes, top 50 2022 guy is Gale. And he's also talked, according to Weingarden, to Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Ohio State, and Kansas recently. So I still feel good about Gale, but it's worth noting that he's talking to Wake Forest and he's talking to other schools like any other recruit would be doing right now
1: and you put up a great Twitter game Tuesday my friend and you want to plug that a little bit because you've got the specifics on it but the premise was that you get to pick one guy that's coming yeah. to Syracuse of all these guys 2021 2022 all of it you get to pick one guy to come and join this team to join this core who is it and we're going to read some of those responses later on in the week uh, but did I miss anything there in, in the phrasing? No, of that, that, that is the
0: premise. Um, obviously the future looks bright and there's a lot of guys to choose from, but the idea is if you had to pick one and I guess then it becomes more of a position thing. And what do you think is the need for Syracuse? And I threw out some names in the original tweet. You can find it at LO underscore Syracuse. And obviously those names I put out were like Jarese Walker and some of the headline guys like Westry and Donovan Klingon, You can pick someone outside of that as well and comment why. Feel free to give us your response, and we'll read some of the best ones on the show later in the week.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I'll I'll save my answer for later on in the week, but getting back to some of these other guys, I think it's also worth bringing up Jan Farrell's name, too, because there was a 24-7 article written about him, and it seems like he's very high on Syracuse. But yeah, no, I... I am very, very optimistic, Uh, once again, it is the Dior effect. You're seeing, I mean, a lot of these guys probably aren't in this conversation. We're not talking about these guys right now without Dior Johnson having a verbal commitment. And I think that in and of itself, as I've kind of said earlier, is such a good thing for this program. It, It shows credibility. It shows that you're quote unquote back. And I hate using that term, but it kind of feels that way, like let's not sugarcoat it. This team hasn't been some powerhouse that it used to be from from five seven, ten years ago, okay, yeah, there have no doubt there have been a lot of lapses both in recruiting on field play all all or on court play, all that stuff, and this feels like a an injection of energy and an injection of life and, and you can start to, to feel good about being a Syracuse fan again. It's like you're not living the, the cardiac q days. At least it's not going to feel that way, I think, in the next two, three years.
0: Yeah, I mean, even when I was putting together that graphic for our Twitter game Tuesday today and throwing together who the players are that are kind of the core going forward, and I didn't include Buddy Bayheim on it because I'm sort of thinking about it from the 2022 lens and Beheim will likely have graduated by then, although I guess there's a chance maybe the NCAA swoops in and says some blanket waiver thing for basketball, but obviously that has not happened yet and doesn't seem super likely at this given time. Anyways, doing that graphic, I mean, it's fun to look at all those names and it makes you feel good and obviously optimistic about what's coming because Alan Griffin, who's been getting some good reviews in camp, which we're going to get into in a second, is going to be with your program for a couple of years. Who knows how long Quincy stays before he maybe plays his way into the conversation of an NBA draft. Some people would say that's kind of crazy, and obviously he's coming off an injury this year, but he's a very talented guy. And then, you know, the center discussion and the center competition going forward, which we can get into in a little bit because Goody had some good notes on that. That's really my focus because next year, well... Some will tell you, and I, I think I fall into this camp a little bit, and we've talked about this some on this show, that Syracuse could be sneaky good next year. Well, it's the last year where you have to put sneaky in front of it, hopefully, because right. after next year, then you after start that, to get bona fide top and, twenty-five
1: every single, or not every, but for the foreseeable hope, future, yeah. you'd imagine.
0: And get get back to the non-bubble ways. I mean, th- that's getting really, really right. tired and really annoying, obviously, being on the bubble. And you see Andy Katz put out his 68 today of teams that will make the N-I-T. tournament. N-I-T. Yeah. N-I-T. But Andy Katz, he's he's not a journalist. He's an idiot, according to Jim <laughs> So So take that for what you want. So anyway, you want to dive into what Goody wrote about in his article and some takeaways from that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so what Goody wrote here, I I thought, obviously, another good job by Goody. and, And what's so great about him is he has great access to some of these coaches. The biggest takeaway to me, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, the center competition seems to be ratcheting up a little bit. And competition seems to be a real thing at the center position. Basically, Goody talked to Adrian Autry and Alan Griffin. He wrote about this over at The Athletic. And they told him that if, the season started tomorrow or today. Barama Sidibe would get the nod as the starter, as expected, considering he's the incumbent starter. But Frank Anselm's looking really good, and they spoke highly of Frank Anselm, these assistant coaches, on his sort of potential down the road, basically saying stuff like, once he puts it all together, he's going to be really good. Now, we've heard that from some other quote-unquote projects at the center position. Hopefully, Anselm won't qualify as much as a project and we'll have some playing ability in year one and some chance to crack the lineup right away it seems like there's no shot he red shirts now we kind of shot that down a couple times earlier on this year but I mean if Anselm plays his way into the conversation of some big minutes that's a huge plus for me in terms of evaluating how good this team can be next year because as we talked about. This- Sidibe's the X factor, but it could be any center that's the X factor to me. We just need consistent play out of there and staying out of foul trouble. I bring this
1: back to the 2018-2019 season because remember how everyone was pumping up, uh, I believe it was, everyone was pumping up Pascal Chukwu. He's he's gotten so much better, so much better, so much better.
0: Yeah, that's and right. And
1: that's because I think they knew internally Borama Sadibe had not taken a step. And I'm wondering if that's sort of the same here. That's they a good might point. be a little skeptical of how mm. much of a step Sadibe has taken. And alright, yeah, like Sidibe's the starter. Alright, cool, cool, cool. But Frank Anslam, like let's pump those like I'm I'm playing the little the media narrative, the the propaganda pushing narrative, the the coach speak, the all that sort of game. And that's what I'm kind of seeing here. As I read between the lines, I think, I don't know if they're as confident in in the Sidibe that they saw at the end of last year as they are in maybe the, the potential of Anselm. And maybe they're pumping up Anselm's tires just so they can take away some of the the eyes that are going to be on Sidibe. Everyone's going to be waiting for for Frank to show out a little bit. I also think it's interesting that it's not you're not seeing a lot out of John Bolajac here. In or this Jesse, center, yeah. Center position. The the Jesse stuff makes sense because he's been away for a little bit, and, and he's kind of a, a late add to the to the program in terms of the summer regiment that they're going through because of the fact that he was an international player, so he had to kind of he, he wasn't allowed back in the country for the longest time. So I'll I'll grant the pass there, but it is a little concerning not to see John Bull's name in this little mix right here. But I'm going to read between the lines a little bit on the lack of Sadibe praise and we're going to start looking towards someone like Frank Anselm because I saw it with the Syracuse team back in in 2019 and and guess what I I saw the same thing and I get I get it's a different sport but I saw the same game be played with the, the Bears quarterback controversy all right we all know <laughs> who the better player was and we all know who who wasn't quite getting it done in practice so I've seen yeah. I, I've been around the block once or twice
0: I will say there was some praise from Autry on Sidibe. He said something like that he's making his free throws and that's going to be important this year. And he's gained some weight. Now it wasn't like they didn't mention it at all. And you're right. I mean, all these but coaches if those are, are the doing... things
1: you're saying, like free throws and he's gained weight. Everyone gains weight year to year, pretty much. All right. Yeah, they it, said it's, 15 it's just pounds. The natural, it's yeah. I mean, that's nothing to slouch at either. Sure, like 15 pounds, especially 15 for pounds, him. Especially I mean, for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. but. If the big things that you're saying is he's gained weight and he's hitting his free throws, oh boy. I, I'm not too I'm not too optimistic. From you might be that.
0: onto something there. And if it's Anselm, it's Anselm. I don't care who it is. Just someone needs to step up. We need to get more consistent play at the center position. I will say, I think if you're evaluating the rotation, we talked about this with Goody in a podcast a long time ago, and maybe you can go back and find it if you're interested. But we were sort of like, which center of those three, Anselm, John Bull, and Jesse Edwards, would you consider his crime to be the backup right now? At the time when we discussed it, I was like, I don't know. I could see Jesse. I could see Frank. Probably not John Bull. Now, my answer would firmly be Frank, and maybe that's yes. overreacting to this, but it does seem like Frank is playing his way into some significant minutes, and he was definitely a big takeaway for me from this article. Other praise went to Alan Griffin. Basically, everyone's just raving about Griffin's motor, and when we had uh, Tristan Kizik on, who followed Griffin at Illinois, that's what he said to us as well. He said, his ball handling's a little suspect, but this guy's going to play really, really hard for you. He's high IQ, he's got a motor, and he'll rebound for you. He can shoot some threes, but like, I'm excited to watch him because... By all accounts, everyone who watched Illinois basketball considered him a fan favorite, and he's just one of those players that you know is giving 100% effort every time.
1: Yeah, it kind of sounds like a Marek that can score, right? Like in terms of personality and then mix that with the on-court ability. It's just a guy who can score, and I love watching these high-motor guys. Another guy who I want to point out, too, who I'm seeing get some praise here, I mean, the Kadari Richmond stuff, Yeah, I'm starting to... That hype train's moving.
0: We Up haven't we
1: haven't seen any of the practice footage, but get on board that train while you still can because it looks like he actually might play some solid minutes, which I think speaks a lot of volumes for a guy who's going to be a true freshman and is entering a backcourt where there aren't a lot of minutes to be had. I mean, we both know that that Buddy and, and Joe are probably going to average 35-36 minutes per game. At least the old the old times that that's exactly what's going to happen. Maybe there's some some bit of Bayheim here who's thinking, okay, why don't I rest these guys a little bit, maybe dial them back 33, 32, 31 minutes per game, and why don't I let the new kid see what he can do? Because if he can push it, if he can run the break, if he can get this team going fast, I mean, transition is something that can be a beautiful thing with this offense. Yeah. Because, again, you put Kadari out there with either Joe or Buddy, And you get him pushing in transition, you get a little trailer, you get a guy coming up on the wing, and he can kick it to him for an open three. The transition three game, or or Griffin too, Alan Griffin, I think, is a part of that conversation as well, especially with his motor. But you get that going, and this could be a very, very scary shooting team, because you are generating step into wide open looks. And that's something that this, this group can do really well.
0: Right, apparently Marek is shooting the three ball a little bit better as well. That was another... Yeah, but we've heard Goody. that before. Yeah, we have. We've And heard I that. guess it was the hand injury last year, but that's another one that I'll file away. and. Who I'll knows? be I mean, last
1: to the party of of hopping on to Marek being the, the marksman he's been made out to be.
0: Yeah, that's kind of been pushed for a while now. And honestly, take a lot of these comments with a grain of salt, right? Because Bayheim has been prone to say some stuff in the preseason that doesn't pan out. He's been prone to say some hyperbolic stuff. I mean, he's calling Kadari one of the best playmakers he's ever seen. I I don't think, like, sometimes I wonder, does he do that intentionally just to, like, mess with us, or does he not understand that we're going to take that and everyone's going to talk about it when he says something like that? He has to know in 45 years, you'd think, but I, I, like... I think Richmond's great. No, he's, just, he's a chess player. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He, he knows he, what he's doing. I mean, doing. He's, he's playing the long game for sure. Final note I'll say before we wrap. Uh, Goody said most likely that Syracuse will host Georgetown and continue that rivalry. They will likely be in the Dome this year. We do know Mohegan Sun is looking likely. Don't know if that's confirmed yet, but it's definitely likely that they'll play LSU at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. ACC Big Ten Challenge will be played on campuses as of now. Syracuse has a road game set for that. And there was some talk of a third conference game in early December, I believe, amongst some schools. I think Syracuse was in that group. John Rothstein reported that the other day. So scheduling stuff should come out in the coming weeks. It's definitely frantic right now, and it's been kind of a mess on that front, but we'll give you all those details when they become official. But the good news is it looks like Georgetown will be – on the schedule, and that's exciting to have. Um, anything else from you before we wrap this? Last Wednesday, thing so? I want to get to. Yep. Kind of pissed on the the Carrier Dome
1: renovations. Oh yeah, I, kind Gosh, of pissed off about that. <laughs> so <Yeah>. Jim Beheim, <laughs> one of the few people that were actually so when they say there were no fans in the stands, sure there weren't, but I think Jim Beheim was in his box again. He's got the the one box. It's right next to the media seating yep. area, but. So I'm guessing that's where he was. I think that's where he was. I don't know where he, had else he to be. be. Yeah. But so he attended the football game and to quote uh, Goody's article, "Beheim was ho-hum about the impact the renovations may have on hoops. <laughs> the new scoreboard won't be in play, so I don't think it will be much different," he says. "Maybe the sound and lighting will add a little bit." Kind of a Ooh. bummer. I mean, well, I- wasn't he also the one that was very skeptical Skeptical about moving away from Manly Fieldhouse the first time, too. Yeah, you, I think you're right If I remember that. that correctly, I believe that was the case. And I don't know. J- Jimmy, just let it happen, man. <laughs> like, right. The school just spent millions of dollars on this. And, and the most notable person within a 100-mile a radius uh, of the city of Syracuse is, is pissing all over it. Just, just That's it one of
0: those things... <laughs> Just shows you how long his leash is, because if you're an up and coming coach and you're like, yeah, like if Nate the Oates. next
1: guy came in, like if yeah. Dino
0: said that, even if Dino right. said that, see ya. Yeah. Wild Hacks He's call a meeting call. In, in his office. Right. All right. <laughs> exactly. Turn in your playbook. Right. Anyway, 45 years now for Jim Bayham I was thinking about it uh, before we recorded this podcast. If you would have told me 2020-2021 basketball season, Jim Bayheim is still the coach in 2015, I would not have believed you. And it's sometimes lost on us how he's just, you know, he's still grinding. It's still commonplace. And we, like Hopkins left and Hopkins was supposed to take over what? three years ago now like three we years should be ago. well into mm-hmm. the hop era and yeah and obviously we're not but people
1: would already be calling for his job to some degree yeah probably
0: long live jim Beheim, though i love it and i'm excited yeah. for basketball he's been season. coaching
1: basketball for as long as you and i have been alive combined you're 22 yeah.
0: i'm 23 do huh. the math like
1: right wow
0: yeah no and, and we we still critique him at times on this on this podcast and sound like clowns but Hey, that, that's the beauty of being a fan and, and talking here on this podcast. So anyway, we'll wrap it there for the Wednesday show. We'll be back tomorrow. We're hoping to get Enrique Cruz. We did have the verbal commitment. The verbal commitment. Still stands. But yeah. So hopefully we get him and can chat with him about his recruiting process, picking Syracuse, all that good stuff. If you have any questions, tweet at us at LO underscore Syracuse for him, and we'll try to get to those. But... For now, we will uh, see what tomorrow's show brings us. Maybe it's Enrique. Maybe we'll be doing some bi-week stuff and creating the football team. But fun to talk basketball today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, as always. For Tyler, I'm Tim, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.